Hey everyone, welcome to the Cattle Menu Podcast. I'm your host, Caroline Rose, the founder and CEO of K-Rose Company and Cattle Menu. Through our conversations here, we share the latest ideas and techniques to help you start, improve, and expand your farmer ranch. Join us as we visit with industry experts and cattle producers to get honest ins and outs of beef production. We'll dive into topics such as cattle handling, nutrition, cattle markets, genetics, and so much more. We encourage everyone who's involved in the industry to listen. Let's dive in. Welcome back to another episode of the Kettleman You Podcast. Today I have Grayson with us, who is head of operations for K Rose Company. And we are going to talk about seed stock marketing, some things we see that work, some concerns in the industry, and we hope to give you some ideas and takeaways if you are marketing seed stock, whether it be a production sale, private treaty, or you just have a couple of bulls or females you are marketing. So thanks for being here, Grayson. Thanks for having me, Caroline. Why don't you start by giving a little bit of background on yourself and your role at K-Rose Company? Yeah, absolutely. So I live in Townsend, Montana, and I have been working for K-Rose Company for about two years now. I started off as a contractor and I wrote social media posts and then I just fell in love with the company and the customers and what we were doing. So I basically irritated and begged Caroline until she gave me a full-time job. And so I started that in January of 2021, just writing all of the social media posts for our production sale customers. Since then it has evolved. Now I do all of the bull photography and videos for sales. And then I'm also the head of operations. So I handle all of the project management and customer relations um, within K-Rose Company. One thing that people might not know about K-Rose Company is we do things slightly different in terms of marketing and how we market bull sales. So why don't you just talk a little bit about our philosophy in marketing bull sales and kind of get everyone caught up to speed with what we think the industry is missing and some opportunities in the industry. A big belief of ours is that we use digital marketing for a lot of our bull sales. And we think that's something that more of the industry is coming to, but it's been a little slower in the bull sale industry versus other industries just with marketing. So rather than publications and print advertising, we do a lot of Facebook ads and Facebook marketing, really excellent websites. And really the new thing that we're doing and seeing a lot of success with is email marketing. So really being able to track the numbers is important to us. So we want to know when you spent that dollar, what was the outcome? Did someone visit your website? Did they request a catalog? Did they end up coming to the sale? Did they bid on one of your bulls? Or did they see the ad and then turn away and not look at anything? Because that's important. We're spending money and we want to make sure that it actually turns people into buyers, not just that they're seeing a pretty ad and then turning around. And so we're really big on being able to track the numbers and we're able to accomplish that through digital marketing really successfully. And we want to do full service marketing for our bull sale customers. It's really important to us that we be able to handle all of that for them so that they're not having to talk to the printer and the publications and the videographer and the person who manages their website. And so it frees up a little bit more time of theirs to take away from managing the marketing side of things and instead being able to talk to their customers and do the things that are really important to actually get the bulls sold. 
two things I always say when we are talking about seed stock marketing is nothing sells a bull better than when the customer calls their customer and making sure we're helping make time for those relationships. And the other thing too is seed stock producers in general are surrounded by numbers. I mean, right, they have birth weights, they have weaning weights, they have all these EPDs, they're keeping track of calving intervals. I mean, there's numbers surrounded everywhere. And one thing that I noticed is when I first started marketing in the seed stock world is the advertisement was sort of, you know, throw it towards a dartboard and hope something sticks. And that really bothered me in terms of success rate. And we have customers, which we'll get into a little bit about pain points, but a lot of the pain points is not knowing what their money is doing. And it's really easy to spend a lot of money on marketing and to just continue to increase the budget. But we have to be able to use those funds and to know exactly what's working and what's not. And there's a lot of different ways to market. But the big thing for seed stock producers to think about and consider is that it takes someone on average 21 times from hearing about your business before they take action. So if someone just gets a catalog in the mail 21 times is not going to happen, right? That's one touch point with them and we need 20 more. So Grayson, what are some pain points that you're hearing in the industry that some of the seed stock producers listening might also be feeling? I think the biggest one that we hear a lot of right now is that they have their buyer pool is really shrinking, whether um, people sold cows or they've retired for whatever reason, their quality of bulls has not dropped, but their buyers have just become more limited. And so a pain point for them is really just reaching out to those new people, whether they're in the area or even just expanding the area that they are selling to. I'd say that's number one that we hear most often, again, for a multitude of reasons, but that they really need to reach new customers with, again, their quality of bull hasn't dropped. They're not really needing to sell a different animal. They just need to reach a different customer. And we're seeing this happen primarily in multi-generation operations. Is that correct? Correct. It's like one generation has aged out and now they need to reach the second generation or third or fourth needs to reach the new generation of customers. Yeah. And I think the thing when we're talking about this problem that we see is they have done an incredible job of marketing their polls. They have a great reputation and they reach this point where they realize that they have not done brand awareness marketing. They have not increased their circle of influence is a term I use a lot when we're talking to our customers. And I think it's something that just happens naturally. We want to make sales, right? We want to sell the bulls. And so we work on selling the bulls and we never really consciously think about how can I just get more people to know about my operation and the difference between those two marketing styles. And so when we're seeing this in the industry, it's, I mean, it's a problem overall, right? We have less ranches, we have generations not coming back, but The thing is, is there's a lot, there's a market out there for your bulls. If you're selling bulls or females, there's 100% a buyer for them. And a lot of times it's just getting the word out to new people, which seems like quite a mountain to climb. When people are looking at their sale, how do you kind of 
help them judge what goals they need to set for the next year? Yeah. So one question that I ask is typically, you know, what would be a win for their operation? Is it selling a few bowls really high, setting a new sale best, or is it selling more bowls? Do you need to sell, have less no sales, reach more buyers? Do you need to sell the buyers out of state? What is going to be that win for you? And I would say to give a real life example of what Caroline and I are talking about, we had a customer come to us and he was like, we need to sell more bowls, which tells me he doesn't need higher dollar bowls necessarily. He needs more people in the stands. He needs a bigger circle of influence. And so we started with a new website and we did Facebook and we did social media and email marketing. And we were being kind of repetitive in all of these things. The website, the emails, the Facebook, they say a lot of the same things. They talk about the family. They talk about their philosophy and their breeding goals and their herd sires. And this customer called me one day and said, you have to stop. I'm getting one of my customers called me and was like, this is silly. I know all of these things. I've been buying from you for 10 years. Like, why are you blasting this everywhere? And I was like, well, that's interesting because that one buyer does know all of those things. But how about those 10 people right down the road who don't know those things, right? It feels uncomfortable because we're talking to our friends in a really weird way and where it's like, duh, I knew that. I've known that for years, but the people down the road don't know those things. And we have to tell them over and over and over again to get those touch points in. And it doesn't feel weird to them. It feels like you're answering their questions before they've even asked them or they've been asking that question and they got the answer. And now they're like, oh, I need to be talking to him because he has the bulls for my operation. And so it can feel a little bit uncomfortable, but it's definitely worthwhile doing. But that's definitely a question I ask. What looks like a win to you? Do you need more people in the seats? Do you have enough people in the seats, but you need them to value your bulls more? Because that's two totally different ways of marketing. I think the first takeaway that you said there is really important is, and I'm not sure how common it is in the industry, you have to set a goal. So if you're selling anything in fall of 2022 and you haven't had a sale yet or spring of 2023 and you haven't defined what success looks like, you have to define it. And that is something that we we pay a lot of attention to is defining success. What does success look like for this customer, this operation? And I think oftentimes that is the first step that is missed. And a lot of our customers will say, well, I've never really defined a goal. If that just sets them up for failure, that sets their marketing team up for failure. Because we have to know what we're aiming for. And like Grayson said, each one of those goals. So if we need a volume buyer, right? So someone who sits in the crowd and is going to buy 10, 20 bulls at the lower end of the budget. If we're aiming at getting people like that in the seats, that's very different than when a customer comes and says, I have this bull that I want to sell and sell semen on two completely different marketing plans. And first, we have to know and we have to define what that success looks like. The second thing is, as many of you know, Grayson and I recently opened a retail store called The Rancher's Daughter. And it's been a whole marketing lesson in itself for me. But the questions that people want to know are the who, what, when, where, why. And I think as producers in the industry, if you've been selling bulls for 20 years, it feels irrelevant for you to talk about the who, what, when, where, why, but it is so important. There are people who don't know who you are. They don't know what you offer. They don't know why you do what you do. Your marketing should 
talk about that. And to your current audience, they are going to feel reassurance. It's going to add an exclamation point. But to new people, it is really going to give them a sense of comfort, a sense of knowledge. They feel more comfortable taking your catalog to their parents or their grandparents and saying, hey, let's try these genetics because they know those who, what, when, where, wise. And we really think that production sale marketing is a much longer process than I think industry standards. We would like to start 12 weeks out from a sale. We see the most success when it's at a minimum of nine weeks from the sale. We, like Grayson was talking about earlier, utilize a lot of digital marketing. So we're just going to give you a few tips and tricks, some things to think about, some things to consider for your next sale, private treaty, whatever's coming up in spring of 2023. So Grayson, why don't you kind of give them a tip or a common mistake that we see when utilizing social media? One common mistake I would say when utilizing social media is not having an end goal. So when you're marketing or when you're promoting something on social media, know what the purpose of that post might be. Is it to get engagement from someone? Is it, again, to build that like know and trust and tell a part of your story and your program? Or is it to promote the sale and get a catalog request? Because I think a lot of times we post things on social media and we're just not, we're just posting to post, which is easy and it's, you know, simple, but it doesn't really serve a purpose for us. And there is a purpose. There's a reason for every kind of those posts. There's a time for sales and to promote catalog requests. There's a time to post videos. And there's also a time to talk about your family and what's going on at home because customers do care about that stuff as well. But really being intentional about your posts on social media I think that's a pretty common mistake I see when people are posting about their bull sale is it might be all sales posts and nothing else, or it might be all what is happening at the ranch and no one even knows you have a sale because you don't talk about the sale. So a healthy balance of both of those. And I would say probably the biggest mistake that I see is people only utilizing their social media when they have something to sell. And I talk a lot about this in my marketing classes, but it's called social media for a reason. They want you to be social. They don't want you to, it's not selling media, it's social media. Facebook is smart. They'll realize that you're only using them when you have something to sell. And so good seed stock marketing is year round. Of course, just like you guys know, you call people in their calf cell, when their calves are born, talking to them when they turn out a grasp. Your social media marketing needs to be extended after the sale and far enough in advance of the sale that your customers don't feel like they're just being sold to all the time. Have you taken a deep dive into what it takes to run a kettle operation like a business? Can you feel lost when it comes to financial terminology and understanding the kettle market? Well, you're not alone. Kettleman U has created the Kettleman U Profit Finder focused on understanding your operation as business. This six-part series will give you access to speakers like Shaylee Stewart that help you gain confidence in all things business and markets. Join the waitlist today at kettlemanulive.com slash profit finder. Grayson, when we're talking about websites and 
the effectiveness of websites if you're a seed stock producer. What are, you can either talk a little bit about some common mistakes or some of our philosophy behind websites and the functionality of websites. Yeah, so I'll talk a little bit about how we design and build websites. So one thing that we always want to make sure is done on each page is there's a clear call to action. So just a clear step that you want that viewer to take, whether that be to go look at the bowls or to view videos or read more about your program on the about page or request a catalog, making it very obvious for them that next step that you want them to take. And so if it's on your homepage, there's a clear button that says view our sale bowls and they click that and there's the catalog. It's just making it very simple and very clear so that they don't get lost in this mass of information that you've given them, but that they are able to get to that end goal. Um, With that said, another philosophy that we really believe is that your website serves a purpose in showing them something, but we can also capture their information from there. So we use websites a lot to get their email addresses or their phone numbers, where then we can talk to them in a little more closer proximity when you're in someone's inbox it's a better connection than just on social media because you're really talking to them. So we collect emails off our catalog requests and we might have a text message sign up where people can join for reminders about the sale. And those are just, again, more touch points, but your website is very effective in collecting those things. But your website is your biggest salesperson. It works 24 hours a day. And so if that's not effective, you're going to miss out on a lot of potential buyers. And I have a lot of things to say after what you just said. When we think about websites, the other thing that I think is overlooked a lot is your website has to be mobile friendly. Like there's absolutely no excuse nowadays. If your website is not mobile friendly, if you're embarrassed to send people to your website, you need a new website. You don't need to hire us. Go hire someone else. It's fine. But you need a new website because you can lose the sale so fast when someone can't figure out your website. We just don't have the patience that we used to to mess around on websites that don't work. And you talked a little bit about capturing email lists, and I have had this experience twice in the past two or three weeks. So we unexpectedly forwarded mail from our PO box. We're stopping to use the PO box because it's about 30 minutes away from where we live, and it just wasn't feasible for us to get there all the time we have started to forward mail. No big deal. Everything's been going fine. I had two operations. One sent me a Facebook message and one sent me an email. Both of them said they tried to send me a catalog and they came back in the mail. It was too late to get me a catalog by the time that happened. To be honest, if I was going to buy bulls at that operation and I had not had a touch point with them from the time I requested a catalog, I would have completely forgotten about the sale. And so when we talk about capturing emails, one of the things we can do is nurture people between that period of requested catalog and when the catalog comes in their mailbox, and we can build that no like and trust. But both of those, I thought to myself, if they had an email list, I would be up to date. I would have seen the catalog the moment it was posted on the website. And I follow both of these people on Facebook. So I'm doing everything right. I still had no idea their sale was coming up. To be honest, neither of them, one of them gave me a three-day warning before their sale. And the other one was about four or five days. And so I really couldn't have studied the catalog online enough or fast enough to make a decision that I felt comfortable with. And so there is a lot of opportunity lost 
when we only are relying on a mailing list and we don't have any other way to effectively reach our customers. Correct. I think I'll elaborate a little bit more than on our philosophy of websites and just how we set them up and build them. And a big thing that kind of a pain point for me, just because I've heard so many customers say this, is if you do not have ownership or editing access to your website, that is a really big red flag. If you had somebody design your website and you cannot get edits done in a timely manner, that's really, really important. You know, that catalog got done and it needs to be up on the website as soon as it's completed because customers are waiting for that and they would like to look at it. You need to be able to change your sale date so that it's appropriate. You know, people mark that on their calendar nine months in advance from the sale. And so if you can't get it changed until two months before the sale because you don't have access to your own website, that's a pretty big deal for me just because I've heard too many stories about it. But also I think for us as a company as a whole, we really want think that everyone should own their own websites. And whether you actually do the editing or not is not necessarily important. Whether um, whoever does it for you, not really the key. It's just that you are able to get it done because it's your property and not someone else's. Yeah, we see that often about the sale date not being updated on on the website. And that is something that drives people crazy when they don't have the ability to know when the sale's coming. And I know when I buy bowls on order, so we have a couple customers who give us bowl orders. One thing that they immediately take someone off the list if I can't find an accurate sale date for them because they want to buy, for example, I have a customer in South Dakota who gives us an order to buy 25 or 30 bowls off of our customers that we do their marketing. And he gives me that order and kind of gives me freedom to buy the bulls that fit his program, but I have to give him a report. Okay, these are the sales. This is where I think the bulls are best coming from. These are the dates of the sales. This is, he does pap tested bulls. So here are the bulls that have been pap tested, all of that. And if I go to their website and I cannot find their sale date, he crosses them off. And we plan pretty far in advance. So for the spring, he's planning September, October, and he's getting his ducks in a row because he's going to buy multiple sales and he knows he has a, to fit a status. And so you're absolutely right. You have to have editing access to your website. The other thing that we see is catalog design is a really interesting thing because there's a lot of great designers out there. We have some on our team. There's tons of really great designers. But the thing that's important about catalog design is what we do with that catalog and how that catalog is put together with a sales aspect in mind. And so it's really important that the catalog has really beautiful design, but also that it works as a guide to sell your bulls. And so the catalog should feel like you. It should look like your family. It should look like your operation. If you feel like your catalog, if you took the cover and the letter off of your catalog, people couldn't tell it was your catalog, That's something you should consider because the reason people buy bulls from you is because of you. One thing that I told Grayson as soon as she moved to Montana is we have an incredible amount of high quality bulls in this area. And I mean, we have Stevenson's, we have Sitz's, we have KG, we have Leachman's, we have Thousand Hills. Those are just ones I can name off the top of my head without thinking about it. There's hundreds of bulls that sell in this area. 
And people have a preference because of the family behind the operation, the thought process behind the operation. There's two bull sales within an hour of here this Saturday. We have Hollow Top and we have Pharaoh. There is decisions being made based on the people behind the bulls, not just the bulls. You can buy a lot of similar genetics. People want to work with good people and they want to know and they want to trust the person that is raising their bulls and they want to believe in the philosophy. And so your marketing should be very uniquely you. It should be without a doubt what your family represents, whether that be a Bible verse on each page or whether that be a picture of your kids in there if they're a huge part of the operation, whatever it looks like. I think we have to add some more personality into seed stock marketing just in general because people want to know the family behind what they're offering. Is that what you're noticing as well, Grayson? Yeah, I would say for sure. I mean, when I get to talk to our customers and I ask them, you know, tell me about the start of your business and why you do what you do and how you make these decisions. And they all get so passionate. It's so fun to listen to them talk and say that. And then you just pause and you're like, when was the last time your marketing reflected that? When was the last time we wrote anything like that that went in the catalog or that the website copy was updated to reflect the changes that you've made in your program? When was the last time we talked about your family and how three generations ago the ranch was started and now your kids are doing this as well on your social media page? And I just think that part does get lost. We get so busy trying to sell these bulls and we talk about the genetics and that, like Caroline said, it's very important, but that's not why people are coming to your sale to buy. They're coming because of you. And we just get so distracted with the selling part and the, we've been, you know, we set up the marketing five or 10 years ago, maybe. And we've just been doing it that way since, but things change. And so it's really fun for me to get to ask those personal questions and then help that get implemented into the marketing. And I know it's really fun for your customers as well when they get to see that personality and really connect with it. Yeah. And so as we start to wrap up here, just a few, I'll just give three or four things and then I can let Grayson give three or four takeaways that I hope you take away. So my first one would be, you need to check your website. It has to be mobile friendly. You need to be able to access it. And your website is a plant. It seems weird in that, um, you know, we're talking about production ag, but if we relate your website to a plant, it needs addressed, it needs edited, it needs photos updated at least once a year, and it needs a facelift about every other year. So if you have not touched your website in a year or two years, you need to give your website some attention in order for it to show up on Google for when people search it. It needs to continue to grow and be updated. So that's number one. Number two would be, which is the most controversial thing I say in CSOC marketing, I think your catalog list is too long. I don't think sending a catalog to a cold customer as the only point of contact is a good idea. Number three, we want people on your website for a long time. So can you exclude something out of the catalog that they can only find on your website? One really common one is footnotes. Don't put footnotes in your printed catalog. Only put them on your website. Get people to your website to be able to read about your family more. And number four, you have to reach them 21 times. So we encourage smaller print ads, more frequent. We encourage showing up at events. Anything where you can just get your name recognized more often. We actually just finished um, the election 
And as you guys know, when someone's considering running for office, what do they do? They start walking in parades. They start writing letters to the editor. The goal is that you will recognize their name. You have to do the same thing in your seed stock business is you have to get people to recognize the name and the feeling and the quality behind the name. And so a lot of that is showing up in person, um, doing a lot more smaller print ads, more frequent, but just being there and adding some personality to that name. Grayson, what would you add? I would say that no matter how great your social media strategy is, you need a backup to that. And the easiest one is an email list. And we've seen in today's world how fast Facebook can get shut down or we get logged out of our Instagram account. And so if that is the only way that you have to touch and reach your customers, it's not super reliable. We say that we always rent space on social media, but we own our email list. So even if our Facebook got hacked, we could still send them an email about the catalog coming out or about our sale. So if you do not have an email or a text message list, I highly recommend starting one immediately. I'd also say we haven't hit on this too much, or I guess we did, but stats are super important and you should ask for those from whoever's doing your marketing, whether that be the publications or ads that you're running online, make sure that you're tracking those numbers. And if those numbers aren't provided to you, ask for them because whoever is doing your marketing should be able to give those to you. And if they can't, that's a red flag. And if you're doing your marketing yourself, you absolutely need to know what your numbers are and what it's costing you to reach your customers. My follow-up to that would be we can create tracking on websites to see where people are coming from. So whether they're unique URLs to track where people are coming on publications or which exact Facebook ad they came from, that's a really handy trick that we've used recently that's gotten us a lot of success because you can see what marketing strategies are working and which ones you spent a lot of dollars on that didn't actually result in any catalog requests. So making sure that you know what your numbers are and then also where they come from. And my last point I have to hit on just because I am the photographer on staff is good photos are everything, not just in your sale catalog, but also on your social media and your website. So book that family photo shoot, get the photographer out there to do some footage of your herd because it just up levels the quality of all the marketing that you do. And especially videography that's becoming very popular these days. And it's a really effective form of marketing if you haven't done any video where you can talk to your customers and really show your personality through that. I think that is going to be super vital coming up in the future here. And I know this episode is all things seed stock marketing, but any of this marketing tips that we gave you guys really apply to any small business. It doesn't matter if you're selling bulls or you're selling crops or anything like that. The tips we give you and the way that we do marketing here at K-Rose is not following the trends because we want tried and true methods that you can use year after year that work really well. And so if you've listened to this episode and you have a boutique or you're selling farm to table beef, a lot of these tips and tricks still apply and they will help up level your marketing. I think that wraps it up. Anything else you would like to add, Grayson? I just reemphasize talking to your customers as much as possible and getting in front of them and new potential customers as much as you can. Even if it feels like you're just talking in circles, it's important because somebody new is going to hear it and they're going to be interested and they might just be your next best buyer. Absolutely. Well, thank you so much for joining. We are cheering all of you on in your 
marketing adventures. If you're selling bulls, we'd love to know about it. If you'd like to partner with us and have us do your seed stock marketing, feel free to reach out. But just know that digital marketing in agriculture is really important and it can decrease your budget, but increase your overall results. So thanks for joining me, Grayson. Thank you for having me. Thank you for joining us for another episode of the Cattleman U podcast. Don't forget to subscribe at cattlemanulive.com slash podcast or wherever you listen to podcasts and be sure to review when you get there. We are excited to learn alongside you and remember the grass is greener where you water it.